It's been one of those days. I woke up this morning and I was I was trying to go to men's breakfast at uh, seven thirty, and I was, I was a little tired still. And it was one of those things where I couldn't, I don't know whether it was because of when I was waking up or exactly what, but I couldn't find my glasses. And so without my glasses, things get a little fuzzy. I'm like, you guys aren't too clear right now. You're, uh... But they get a little fuzzy, and I didn't really want to drive. And uh, so anyway, I got, so Rachel was there when, so I got her, to, she was the one driving this morning when the incident occurred. All right. And boom, tire blew out, just sat there in the rain and the cold, and, you know, AAA says, oh, we'll be there in five minutes, and, you know, five minutes, and, you know, golly. It's just been one of those days, sort of a gray day, rainy day. And what I was sort of remembering a little bit this last little bit is, I just haven't had a lot of joy in my life lately. I mean, I'm happy, I'm content, but joy, you know, that kind of stuff, that, you know what I'm talking about, that joy, I just not had a lot of that lately, and this day is sort of, you know, sort of a little like that, and I, was, I just remember when I was a kid, I had so much joy. And in Christmas time, especially. Carl, do you remember having all that joy when you were a kid at Christmas? You would just see the, the presents under the trees and you would just wonder, what, what is under that tree? And mom would hang these stockings on the thing there and, I would, you know, and she'd say, don't touch those stockings. Wait till Christmas. Well, you know, by the time Christmas came, we were so excited. We were so crazed by the whole thing that we'd wake mom up at like six in the morning or whenever as early as we could we normally wouldn't even get up till nine on a Saturday but on Christmas you're up early and do you remember that moment when you open your very first present when your mom or your dad they give you that present and they say this one is for you and you knew it was a special present because it was the very first one they ask you to open. And it was always the very best one. And, and I just was thinking about that this past week or so, is why is it that the big joy for Christmas always happens when we're kids? Why is that? Is it really just the present? What is that about it that, for whatever reason, it's kids and Christmas? I don't know. Joy is hard. Joy is hard, especially for Quakers. I'm just saying. Quakers and joy don't always go hand in hand. Um, did, did anybody ever read the book uh, by Stan Baker and uh, Phil Gully? said it's by Quaker Light? Has anyone ever read that book? Uh, well, in it, if you have ever read it, right? These are very humorous people. On each page on the corner there, you'll see a picture of a Quaker, it's either a man or a woman, and their face is like this. <laughs> and it'll be underneath, it'll say, Quaker excited. <laughs> Quaker happy. <laughs> Quaker terrified. 
you know, it's, it's absolutely, whatever it is, it's always the same picture and just a different thing. Quakers don't do joy. Let's just be honest. I mean, it, it's, it's, I mean, we've always been known for a bit being like a little bit somber kind of people. It's sort of had that we're weighty kind of folks. And, it, and it's a little bit true. I can't deny it. It's a little bit true. I remember when I was at a CE, a Christian education meeting, a committee meeting one time, and I had a vision, a dream, a couple nights before. Have you ever had one of those dreams? And I said, I know exactly what it is we need to do for this congregation. So we were a congregation. We didn't have a lot. We had, I think our average age was about, I used to say our average age was deceased, but it wasn't that bad. It was, it was we were old. We were old. I was going to say 90, but it was in the 80s. We were probably in our 80s. And we knew we needed families. We needed kids. We need youngins around. And I had this brilliant vision idea that we could have a Quaker dance. A Quaker dance. Why not? You know, have a Quaker dance. And the idea I had is I knew we had older folks, so I would start with stuff that they knew, like the Charleston, or uh, what was that, Ragtime, you know, you know, anyway, something like that. And by the end of the evening, every 10 minutes, we would change to a new decade, and by the end of it, we'd get to Beyonce or something, right? So we had all these different things, and of course, I didn't have the courage to actually initiate this idea. I had to use somebody else. And there was a, a young woman of a family that had joined the congregation, and they had a kid, and I sort of used her. I told her about the idea, and she loved it. She thought it was the best idea ever. And she, was gonna, and she introduced it uh, to the committee, and everybody was on board. We were all like, yeah, this is a great idea. And there was one person... She's about this tall, about that wide. She gave great hugs. She was a good hugger and a good soul, but Clara didn't have a lot of fun, right? She didn't have that energy of a fun person. And she just said, she got real quiet. Everybody was on board, and she got real quiet. And she said, Quakers don't dance. I'm like, What? And we were just sort of, we didn't even believe her. She's like, what? We were like, what? She's like, Quakers don't dance. And I, what? What do you mean, Quakers don't dance? And we're, you're, we're, are you serious? And I felt like I was in that movie Footloose. Do you know what I mean? Have you ever been in that? You, ever, you know? Quakers don't dance made me sad. You know, and that, and that young family, well, they didn't, they didn't want they weren't around a long time after that. I don't know if that was the reason. But sometimes you got to dance. You know, I think of all of those experiences. I think of all, I've had a lot of spiritual experiences in a lot of different places. And a lot of them were amazing, but the one that was the most joyful, the one that most represented joy was when I was a student at Boston University and I was studying the Orthodox Jewish community, the Hasidic community, Chabad, if you know them. And we were at Purim, which is a very big holiday in the Jewish tradition. And in that tradition, on Purim, you know, you, you drink a couple glasses of Manischewitz, okay? And I remember we had had a couple glasses of that stuff and somebody started chanting and praying and they're singing. And if you've ever been in that community, they just sing and they're going on and on and somebody starts clapping and then all of a sudden other people are praying and singing and then somebody starts dancing. 
And then one guy, there's God dancing, another guy joins, and then all of a sudden, there's like a hundred of us guys. And we're all dancing together in one of those big circle dances. And we're laughing, and we're shouting, and we were so many of us, we were, if, if you know Boston, we shut down Kenmore Square. It's a big square. Shut down, so we didn't care. We didn't care. We were Messiah, 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 and we were calling Messiah to come. It was, I've never had that kind of joy, exuberance in a service before. Sometimes you've got to dance. You know, King David knew that. You know, does anybody remember the story about after he defeats the Philistines and he's coming back, he's bringing back the ark to Jerusalem. And he's a pretty happy dude. He's happy because God basically, so the Philistines had just killed Saul and all that family. And David is now the king. And, and God has allowed David to just whoop up on those Philistines. And partly the reason is God is telling David, he's like, go around the back, go around the corner here. There'll be nobody there. God has told him exactly how to win these victories. And so the ark is coming back, and he is so happy, so exuberant, he is dancing almost, na- I don't know, almost naked, just going, going to town in front of the ark as it's coming down. And his wife, McColl, Saul's daughter, she's looking down from a window and she's saying, gosh, what a fool. Here he is, the king of Israel, the president, so to speak, and he is acting like a jerk. And she tells him about it. She says, is that what the king of Israel does? He just dances around the slave girls like an idiot? And David's response to her says, if, if you think that I was an idiot like that, you ain't seen nothing yet. Sometimes you got to dance even harder. Sometimes I feel like that about Christmas and the decorations and the carols. You know, like, are you really in the Christmas spirit? I mean, sometimes we just got to go all out. Do we need to go Clark Griswold out? As in Christmas vacation? I don't know. Maybe we do. Maybe we need to put a little bit more, one more strand of lights on the trees. Maybe a little bit more tinsel. Maybe have one more glass of eggnog. Maybe just celebrate this Christmas a little bit more like we just don't care. That we're going to get into it regardless, no matter what. You know, I know a woman who never takes down her Christmas stuff. Because for whatever reason, when she sees that, even in the middle of July, it brings her a little joy. That there is Christmas in her life year-round. Yeah, I'm going to talk about joy. You know, Rachel told me something, and it really hit me hard, and it was in the scripture we had today. And that is when she was pregnant, or when she, you know, she's been pregnant, when she was pregnant and she had her child, it's not, I don't know this, but it's not easy having a kid. Labor is difficult. 
right? I didn't know if you didn't. I don't know it. I don't know what that's about. But, but she said, it is not easy at all. But you know what? After all of that, after all the pain and the trial and the hurt and the, the child, when they give you your child, your baby, after all of that, there is no greater joy. And it is worth every, every bit of it. The greatest joy ever. And I wonder if it was like that for Mary. In that very first Christmas. You know, when they handed her Jesus, was it the same kind of joy? Or was it a little different? And was there even a little bit of sadness? Did she even have any inkling of the rest of the story? You know, joy is always mixed with a little bit of sadness. There's always a little bit of sadness with it. Because even in that moment of joy, you recognize that it will not last forever. We're not going to be walking around with smiles on our faces like that all the time. We've got to save that kind of joy for heaven. But I think the key is to know in that moment that it's happening, that it is a moment, that it is happening, that we had that joy. Let's for that moment remember that a Savior is born and that a Savior in a moment was raised. Even in the, in, a, in the time of difficulties and of uncertainties, that we do have that ultimate joy, that eternal joy, that God's love for us is eternal. And that first moment of joy, that first realization on our Christian journey, began in a manger far away at a time when there was no room in the end. Let us seek the joy in our lives this Christmas season. Let us see it in the face and hearts of the people we love and the people we encounter.